My message today is actually, uh, it's called Lifesavers. No, not the candy, right? <laughs> not the candy. Lifesavers. And um, my scripture is John chapter 15, verse 16. And um, I'm going to read it out of the uh, New, New King James. And this is Jesus uh, talking. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And so um, this is uh, something, you know, in my, uh, in my own studying, right? I had, I had come upon this verse and started uh, uh, praying about it, studying it, thinking about it, uh, God speak, speaks to me about it, um, and I started uh, writing some thoughts down, and I actually had uh, presented a little bit of this um, as an exhortation on, um, on a, Thursday ni- a Thursday night prayer. Um, I did a little bit there, and there's just so many things in this one, you know, and just in this one verse, uh, there's just so many things. So um, I continued to, to, uh, to study it and write my thoughts down. And I thank, uh, I thank God and I thank Pastor for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to share it. And so uh, some of the first things that actually jump out, right, is the idea of uh, choice. This is Jesus, um, you know, speaking to the disciples and he says, you know, you did not choose me, choose me but I chose you. And so uh, I had to step back for a second and I thought about the idea of Choosing and what does choosing mean? Um, and how do we choose? And I thought about it and I said, well, you know what? Most of the time, I like to think that I do the choosing, right? I think I do the choosing. I choose what I want. I choose when I want it. I choose who I want. And I choose where I want to do it, right? I do the choosing, and that's typically based on um, my thoughts, my desires, my intellect, my feelings, right? Um, Things like that. Also, I thought about it, and I said, well, sometimes other people may influence me in my choices, right? They may influence me. Well, you know, Jack, I think you ought to do this. All right, I'll think about it. And, you know, maybe I'll do it that way most of the time. All right, I'm doing it the way I thought I was going to do it anyway. Right? I like to think that I have the final say. Um, And some of those choices, they involve my choice of people, who I choose uh, as my friends, those people that I choose that I want to have relationships with. Um, Some of the choices are the things that I want to do the kinds of jobs I want to do. I, ch- I choose my career, right? I also thought about it, and I usually, I like to think I choose when, when I want to do it. Oh, I'll do that today. Um, maybe today, I'll do that next month, next year. I choose never to do that, right? It'll be a cold day in, you know, before I choose to do that. I choose what or who makes me feel good. And then I also thought about those situations where I don't do the choosing, but someone else is choosing, and I may be the recipient of that choice, right? 
And um, well, what, you know, what are they basing that on? Or you know, if I was choosing, you know, what what, is, what am I basing that on? Sometimes that choice is based on smartness and intellect. Well, I'm going to choose her because she's smart. I'm choosing him, man, because he knows what he's doing, right? The choices are because maybe the people have the proper credentials. I choose the talented. I choose the gifted. I choose the athletic. I choose the strong man, right? I want that guy with me, right? I choose the attractive. I like her. <laughs> right? Sometimes choices are also made because they look like me. Sometimes choices are made because they talk like me. And so then I'll choose them because they talk like me. They look like me. And um, I also thought about sometimes uh, how about when you're chosen and you don't want to be chosen. What's this? Jury duty. I don't want to do this. Oh, I got picked. And then I also thought about the idea of how about the times when you're chosen, but you're not wanted. All right? All right. You get him. You got her. You got. All right. I guess I choose him, even though I don't want him, but I have to take him. Hmm. I'm picked, but I'm not really wanted. And so we can see in all this that there's a lot of bias in this whole choosing thing, right? And that's typically the way the world works, right? All those kinds of things I just talked about. Um, it's corrupt. You know, there's sinfulness in that. And uh, that whole thing can just be kind of corrupt. So now we'll go back to the context of the verse here where Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and um, he's actually speaking to them here. Uh, this is right, uh, right, right after the Last Supper. This is the end of Jesus's ministry. He's speaking to them, and so um, he's choosing them at the end of his ministry. No, he's reminding them. He's reminding them. And I thought about it too, and I thought sometimes I think I need to be reminded. That Jesus chose me. We read in Mark chapter 3 verse 13. Now we're in Jesus in the beginning of his ministry. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And in the second sentence it says, and they came to him. They responded. They were chosen and they responded. And I thought about it too. Well, it just says here that Jesus chose them. You know, there weren't any, or at least it's not recorded in the Bible, there weren't any tryouts. There weren't, Jesus didn't say, all right, tomorrow, everybody down at the beach, 6 o'clock, bring your A game, we're going to see what everybody's got, you know? And then I'll do the final selection. We don't read anything like that. There was no contest, no competition, He just chose them. Also, uh, back in those days, this was kind of not the standard practice. The standard practice was disciples chose who they wanted to be 
uh, their master or their rabbi, right? They would, uh, people would see uh, so-and-so and a rabbi and this teacher, and I want to be a student of that teacher. Um, but this was, the, this was the opposite. This was uh, Jesus chose them. Also, by Jesus choosing us, we now have the responsibility, the choice to respond to him. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. He's choosing. You have the chance to open that door and respond. And we read that the disciples responded, right? How and why did Jesus choose us? Well, it's certainly not the way the world works. It's not all that stuff that I just talked about, right? God chose us. We were chosen for no other reason than God's glory, his greatness, yes. and his love for us. Yes, yes, yes. You were chosen for no other reason than God loves you. So all that stuff that we have in our thoughts, the kinds of stuff I talked about, and we all think about that every from time to time. Don't let it get into your hearts and thoughts about it. God chose you for no other reason than he, that he loves you. There's no, there's no tryouts. There's no contests. There's no competitions. There's no lines of chosen. You know, there's no top to bottom, front to back. And You know, actually, I thought about that for a little bit, too. Um, I don't know if people can remember back in their elementary school days. It's a long time ago, right? <laughs> I remember a little bit of it. I mean, I don't know if this happened to any, any of you guys, but I remember teachers used to uh, have us line up in height order. Yeah. Height? Yeah. What, are we going into a tunnel? And, uh <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think about that. Like, what was, the, what was the benefit to that? You know, hard is it to believe I was short when I was a young kid. I, you know, I, maybe you don't think that now, but when I was a young kid, I was short, right? And I was one of those first kids in that, you know, and like, all right, line up in height order. Oh, I'm taller than you. I'm taller than you. I'm shorter. I'm shorter. I'm, you know, and if you were a guy and you were in, you know, one of those first ones, well, you know, insecurities are starting in the first grade, you know? I, I mean, it's, I still can't think of the logical reason that, that teachers made us line up in height order. Um, but again, that's, there's no contest. There's no lines. There's no front to back. Think about it again. The disciples were chosen because Christ loved them, right? And then I thought about it, too. This was the beginning of his ministry, they hadn't loved him yet. They hardly knew him. They saw some miracles. Jesus had performed some miracles as he began to call the disciples to himself. But they responded. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if they had thought, well, do I have to do anything? You know, if I'm chosen, is this going to build my career? You know, what do I get out of this? You know? The Bible doesn't say that. It just said they responded. They responded to Christ's choice for them. So the first part, I, re I remind you that God reaches out and chooses us. Chooses you based on his goodness, his glory, and his love for you. No other reason. No other reason. 
And so then, as I kept uh, reading through this verse, you did not choose me, but I chose you. The next part was, and appointed you. Appointed. Well, that means set apart. That means elected. That means we were chosen for some reason, right? Because we were chosen and we responded, then we have a purpose. Because we have a purpose, then we have something to do, some place to go. Because we have something to do, then we have a destiny. Yes, yes. A destiny yes. to fulfill that purpose. Yes. That purpose, that destiny, is a course of steps, a predetermined course of steps. And we read that, we read that in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where he says, For we are his workmanship, this is Paul speaking, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our destiny was prepared for us and before us. Yes, yes. And that we should walk in it. And I thought about it a little bit here too, that God didn't just choose us and then wait to see if we responded and then put us on a shelf. Oh, Jack responded. What might I do with him? And he put me on a shelf and to think about it, and to think where, uh, where I might fit in in the next few years. No, God already prepared my steps before, before I was even born. God knew me in my mother's womb, right? I was prepared, his, his purpose for me was prepared before I was even born. So I know that I'm not just sitting here waiting for what's God want to do with me. And I also thought about that, that, the, um, that destiny that, that, that God has for me. Then there must be a, a, that destiny for me means I need to fulfill it. Yes. And it says that God has given us his spirit. And he has given us both the, uh, the will and the to do to do it. He has given us the will And I'll say the desire to do it. God has put something in each one of us to do. He's prepared a purpose for you. He's laid it out. He's put it in in each one of us. We only need to find out what's inside of us. You're not going to go find it. You know, I'm still studying books and I'm going to uh, ancient Egypt and I'm trying to, or even if I'm going to Aruba, maybe I'll find it there, right? It's... God has put it inside each one of us, right? And if you, if you spend time with him and you listen for that still, small voice, you'll hear it. God has given us the, both the will and to do for his good pleasure. So the next piece that, uh, that came here was, he has appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Hmm. You should go and bear fruit. And then I thought, oh, all right, what's that about? <laughs> go and bear. Okay, so you first take that go and bear, 
Uh, bear meaning to bring forth. That means your, your destiny involves doing something, right? These are action verbs. Going and then bringing forth, bearing something. These are action verbs. Jesus is telling us to do something. They're not just, you're not just sitting there. You're not just standing there. You're not sleeping there. It means get up and go somewhere and do something. And of course, bearing or bringing forth uh, is an indication that something is developing, yes. right? doesn't mean like this. It means something is developing. And so I started thinking about it uh, in the context of fruit, because he says fruit. Oh, fruit, okay. Develops like fruit. Like fruit, it starts like a small bud, right? Almost like a little flower or something like that. But by staying connected to the branch, and to the branch, to the trunk, to the vine, it continues to grow. So fruit is something that develops. And then I've thought about it, and I go, oh, fruit, yeah, fruit, yeah, but, I mean, fruit, like fruit, fruit, you know? And then, uh, oh, I know, I know. And then I said, well, what, you know, what's that, what's the kind of fruit that, like, everybody likes, and everybody does this? Everybody does it in the, in the, uh, in the fall, right? What do we do? We all get in our cars, and we drive to these orchards, <laughs> Apple orchards, right? Apple picking. Everybody loves to go apple picking. And I thought about it. You know, we all pick those apples that are still connected to the branch, right? Oh, there's a good one right there. I got it. You know, you, you, look, you look around, there's lots, you know, there's a lot of them. And uh, this tree's got a lot, right? And a lot on this branch. And we all pick those apples, the ones that are still connected. And then, of course, if you've been to the apple orchard, you've known this too, and you go, what about all those ones on the ground? Easy picking, right? Oh, I got one. Throw it in the bag. And, um, you know, there's something about the fruit that's on the ground. It's usually small, uh, could be bruised. Bugs are starting to, you know, attack it. Some, some of it's riddled with disease. It's got black spots or something like that. Um, or even it was, oh, it's a big one. Yeah, but it was overripe and it's mush, right? And or somebody stepped on half of it, right? And nobody picks those apples up, right? Nobody picks those apples up except small kids, right? You're small kids. Because I, I took my kids to the apple orchard. Hey, Dad, I got one. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. And, you know, so they'll throw it in the bag. The kids will throw it in the bag, right? But the only place those apples end up is as you're walking back to your car. You're, you're throwing them in the parking lot because we're not taking that one home. Where is it? There it is. We're not taking that one home, right? Nobody picks up those apples. In fact, we even teach our small children, right? Because the way we teach them is we just don't say don't pick those because of all those reasons I just told you, but we actually pick our children up, right, and we hold them up by the, where the good apples are that are still connected to the branch. Look, look, honey, get that one, get that one. I mean, sometimes they're able to pull it. Sometimes you actually have to pull your kid, right, to like, hold it, hold it. You know, the branch will bend down, but we got it, right? 
Or you quickly enact the five-second rule. Boom, it went on the ground. Pick it up now. Pick it up, that one. And then it's okay, right? It's okay. But, um, yeah, we pick, up the one, we pick the ones that are still connected to the tree. We don't, we don't pick up the, uh, the fruit that's on the bottom. And then I had some other thoughts about fruit, right? I, I thought about how fruit gets protection from the other branches around it. I thought about it. Well, what if there was a tree, you know, with one branch and it had some fruit hanging on it, right? Well, if that's the way it was, that fruit is uh, susceptible, right, to the, the wind and the rain and the beating of the sun and the birds coming down. At, when there's a, a full tree and there's branches and fruit all around it, Multiple fruit around each other actually protects each other. All the fruit, when it's clustered all together, actually forms a natural protection from some of those harshness of some of that, of some of that weather, right? Yes, yes. And then I thought about it too. Um, you know, I've, interesting, I've never seen uh, a piece of fruit with two stems on it feeding off two different branches, Uh right? Each branch produces its own fruit. Uh You know, hey, me and you, we'll make fruit. Well, I'm making my fruit, you're making your fruit. We both make similar fruit, but we both produce our own fruit, right? right? There's no two branches sharing to make one piece of fruit. Hmm. I also thought about it too, you know, Branches must grow first before they produce fruit. I've never seen uh, the trunk of the tree, the vine, and then a branch that sticks out about an inch, and then there's a bud right there and a big apple right at that joint. It don't work that way. The branch has got to get some growing done first, right? So there's a time period where the branch... The branch has to stay connected to the tree. As long as it stays connected to the tree, it gets its nutrients from the tree. The branch begins to grow. And as the branch begins to grow, buds will begin to appear on an outreached and outstretched branch. And then I read the the next part. Um, And go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. What does that mean? Fruit to remain. It means it endures. And I thought about it. Well, does that mean it just stays on the branch? Well, we know that. If that fruit just stays on the branch and is never picked and used, it falls to the ground because it's overripe and it's just a, it's just a big mush fruit, right? No. Fruit that, for fruit to remain and endures means it has to be picked and used. Uh It has to be picked and used. And that means that that fruit is ingested in others, Uh right? The fruit is picked, and then someone uses it, and now it's ingested. It becomes part of that other person. That's fruit that remains. It means it's being used and ingested by others. And so then I thought about... uh, Okay, but how does that, what does that look like? What does that look like to me? What does that look like to me? Oh, I got, okay, I can, I'll show you something. I got something, I'll show you. 
okay, this isn't an apple, <laughs> but it's fruit, right? This is fruit. And I think a lot about different times in my life. It's a lifesaver. <laughs> and I believed I was chosen. I know that God chose me. And I responded, thank you, Jesus. I believed I was chosen. But there's been times in my life that I know I was very self-centered. It's all about me, right? God saved me. And it was all about me just, yeah, I got my life preserver. I'm saved. Yeah, I'm saved. This is my fruit. You know, this is my fruit. I'm saved. I'm, God, just take care of me. I'm, uh, God, I'll take care of you. You take care of me. I'm good with God. I just want to be good with God. You know, let me just get through this. I just want to be good with God. But, you know, when I thought about it, the fruit that uh, Jesus is talking about, we need to serve God and we also need to serve others. We need to serve others. It's not just about me. It's not just about you. And I began to think about, uh, you know, my fruit and what my fruit, uh, you know, what my fruit looks like. And so, you know, as time goes on, my fruit started getting a little mushy, right? Started getting mushy. Is that all what's it about? Hmm. That life preserver, that life saver that maybe you've been thinking about part of your life, all of your life, I'm good. Just as long as I'm good with God, uh, I got my life saver. You know, I'm saved. It's not enough. It's not enough. God is telling us, what about others? What about others? We were saved to serve God and to serve others and to share it with others. And then I thought about you know, my fruit. And, you know, it starts to become, you know, like that fruit on the ground that nobody's picking, that nobody's picking. That's not fruit. That's, that's salvation my own way. That's not what it's about. And then I thought about it. Hmm. I wonder, can people, never mind people see your fruit, can people even see your salvation? Can people even see your salvation? Oh, it's just me. It's just me. Your fruit is rotting. Your fruit is just... Hmm. Do people even see your salvation? Okay, so... I'm not going to blow that up because it'll take too long. Okay, another piece of fruit, right? So I thought about it. What does it mean, right? What does it mean to have fruit and fruit that endures in others? Hmm. It means that as I continue to grow and mature in Christ and I read my Bible and I study and I add that emphasis study because that's where I hear God talking to me that's where I hear God talking to me and we come together 
and we worship and we practice those things. We encourage each other. And then my fruit starts to show love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And I got the other ones here, but my arms are, I got bad shoulders, right? And faithfulness, ow! And gentleness and self-control, right? And then other people, you know what? All of a sudden, people can see that. They can see my fruit. And God will bring people into my life now to pick that fruit. God will bring people into my life that will pick that fruit. Because people see, they see the character of Christ that's developing in my life. And they will see that, and they will get a lifesaver. Amen? And they will get a lifesaver. Why do we produce fruit, right? We know that. Why? Because to serve God and to serve others. I, have, I want to say one other thing about fruit. Fruit's not invisible, and fruit's not silent either. Right? Fruit's not invisible, and fruit's not silent. We produce fruit because God uses us to serve others and to be part of his plan for the salvation of the world, right? And as we said, you've been chosen, you've been appointed, and he's put something in you, what that thing is, Right? And that's the fruit. That's the beginning of that fruit that's in you. And Christ says that you would produce fruit and that it would remain. It would be ingested by others. Fruit starts as a bud and grows over time. As long as it stays connected to the branch and the vine. Stay connected to Christ. Fruit is not silent, nor it is invisible. And as it develops, we should be able to see and hear that fruit in each other's lives. Again, for the fruit to grow, we continually do those types of things that I've mentioned. Do these things and your fruit would grow and God can use it and will bring people who will see it and ask about it. And then it will endure in the next person. And again, just to make sure it's not works. This is not works, me trying to do whatever I got to do. I'm doing these things in a loving response for what God has already done for us. He's chosen us for no other reason than he loves you. And then the last part, the last part of that verse, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Hey! Keep it in context. Amen? Amen? If you've been here long enough, you know, keep it in context. Because that just sounds too good, right, to be true. And in this context, it's a promise of answered prayers to encourage us to continue in the work of producing fruit. We're not in this alone. It's not easy. Many times, as long as we're moving along in God's will for our lives... We need to stay connected to Christ. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Then we will be moved to pray in such a way that God will then answer our prayers. So I just leave you with that at the end. That Remember, you're chosen. Remember, you have the opportunity to respond to that choice. 
Remember, you have an appointment, an anointing, an election, a yes. destiny yes. that God has prepared yes. for you before you even set foot on this planet. Right? You're not on a shelf. <sighs> I'll use him one of these days. Right? That's right. And that we are to prepare and bear fruit. We are a branch. We stay connected. Think that, that thing inside us should begin to come out. And it should come out in such a way that others will see it. And God will send someone into your life to pick it. And it'll be in that, in that way, it will be enduring and it will remain. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.